0: All right, guys, this is Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to our Cyber Church ministry where we're going to church with the whole world. People all over the world are are going to church with you right now, right this minute. And to me, that is just such a phenomenal thing. Now, today we're talking about the in the image of God. And this is in this new series that I am releasing called Overcoming Bad Decisions. And I know you got to be thinking, what in the world could, in the image of God, have to do with decision-making. Well, today you're going to learn. I'm telling you, this is going to be so incredibly empowering and freeing for you. Now, listen, uh, the first place and the simplest place to understand what it might look like to be created in the likeness and the image of God is the life of Jesus. You know, I can remember coming into this incredible reality, sorry about that, I can remember coming into this incredible reality that Jesus was our model. If he is my Lord, he is he, he is teaching me everything I need to know about God. But in his life, the Bible says the word, the logos of God. Now, the logos is not just the written word. The logos is is the written word, it's the logic behind it, it's all that it implies. Uh, it, 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 in other words, it gets into everything about the motive of God. And so just, just being able to memorize the written word was never enough. Nobody before Jesus ever really uh, saw God as he really was because every person intellectually interpreted the written word based on their opinion, based on their life experiences. And so I don't know about you, but you know, the, the models I had of authority, the models I had of righteousness, the models I had of everything spiritual were pretty messed up. And so, you know, I would read the Bible and I would interpret a lot of things in the Bible initially based on how I had seen them, how they had been modeled to me. Well, that was the whole purpose of Jesus coming. So we could throw away Every interpretation that we have of the Word of God, every concept of application of the Word of God, and say, OK, the Word of God is still the Word of God. The Word of God is still good. The, you know, the, what we call the Old Testament, which, which I hate that terminology, that's really not a, a healthy biblical concept. But uh, there's an old covenant, and there's a new covenant, but there's not an old testament, new testament. There is, there is just the word of God, and that's, that's all there really is. But what we call the old testament, you know, we have a way now to go back and read that and see it the way Jesus interpreted, it, and He was the only person. See, Jesus not only was with God, He was God. And so when Jesus comes to earth, uh, He empties Himself of all of His, uh, of all of His inherent God's strength and and that sort of thing, and uh, he becomes a man, and everything Jesus did, he did it exactly like any human being in the world today would have to do it, and he says, now, I'm going to show you what all of this looks like if you put it in practice in the way that God intended it, and so this is where we can look, and when the Bible tells us we are creating the likeness and the image of God, I'm telling you, it's easy to get lost in that. It's easy, it's easy to go off the rails, and say, "Well, that's good," but I don't even know what that means. Well, we look at the life of Jesus and say, "Oh, this means that since Jesus, according to Hebrews one three, was the exact representation of God, if I'm creating the likeness and the image of God, then I should be just as much." Uh, uh, like what Jesus modeled, I should be just as much as he was. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that we are Jesus. I'm not saying that, you know, that uh, I'm not comparing us to Jesus, but I'm saying that Jesus said, this is, who, this is what your life is supposed to look like. This is how you function in the real world. This is how you interpret the word of God. This is how you apply the word of God. Now, you might be saying, well, all right, great. What has that got to do with making decisions? I'm, I'm kind of seeing where you know we're going here with the image of God, but what's that got to do with making decisions? Well, I want you to understand something, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna kind of give you a spoiler alert right here. At the end of the day, your willingness and capacity to make decisions, just, just the act of, of and the freedom of making decisions is really going to ma- be a manifestation of what your beliefs are about you being created in the likeness and the image of God. And you will you will never understand your identity if you're not willing to make this journey about making these decisions. You will never actually understand uh, what it means to have authority. You'll never understand how to use the keys of the kingdom until you make this decision. i Will with God's help, and you just got to turn your heart to God. I like God, you know, I hate the idea of having to make these decisions. I'm afraid to make these decisions. I'm afraid it won't work. I'm afraid I don't have enough faith. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Whatever, but that's where you got to go to God and say, Look, God, I'm afraid of this. I don't even believe I can do this. But Your Word says I can. And so I'm, I'm going to trust you more than I trust all of my emotions, all of my feelings. I'm telling that in itself this is the beginning of a whole new of a whole new journey. Now, remember, I will be talking about all of this in more detail in the series that we provide with this, which is an eight-message series, which means you're going to get about you're going to get about six or seven hours of in-depth teaching that's going to go places that we didn't have time to go in these broadcasts. And remember this, every time you purchase one of these uh, teaching series from us, uh, 85% of that money actually goes into actually ministering to reaching and helping people. So uh, this is a way for us to invest in you who want to go deeper than these broadcasts. Uh, a series go, but it's also a way for you to invest in the world and in your own life. So so I, I want to just jump into this and remind you, I know this is repetition. I know you hear me say this all the time, but you know what? I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to find new ways to say it until you reach a place to where it's like, man, you. It, one of the ways I'm going to say it is going to make it pop open to you. I'm not repeating, I'm not repeating all this because you're stupid. I'm repeating all this because all of us come from a different background. And eventually we hear it in a way that makes sense uh, to us. The two pillars of faith, the first two pillars of faith are how God created the world. And man, I am telling you, you know, I'm getting ready to reteach our Genesis class and, um, Uh, I just want you to understand something. Uh, If you do not believe the biblical account of creation, then the real truth is that will undermine every single thing you say that you believe about God. I mean, all the way through, to Jesus being crucified, to being raised from the dead, to Jesus working miracles, uh, to whether or not God is a good God. Everything about God starts with everything about your faith starts with what you believe about the creation. And, uh, you know, I know that can be a struggle for you, but let me tell you, scientifically, there is more true science that actually supports the creation as that is accounted for in the Bible uh, of the world. And also, (coughs) excuse me, uh, the Bible is the most proven historic book in the world. You know, historically, nothing the Bible says has ever, ever been disproven. Scientifically, nothing the Bible says has ever been disproven. And the only time that it is supposedly disproven is from false science, from people who really have been influenced by false science. And they may or may not uh, intend to turn people against God, but they absolutely do turn people against God. More false science turns more people against God Uh, than anything that is done by the world. So, But then the second pillar of faith is you are created in the likeness and the image of God, and you have dominion. You have authority. And uh, uh, these two things, why is it so important that I need to understand the creation? Because God did what he did by faith. Why is it so important that I understand how I was created is because then I've got to do everything that I do in planet earth, exercising authority uh, in the same way that God exercised authority in creation. So I just want to just touch on two or three things here. And honestly, I could go on, on, on this for hours, excuse me, hours and hours and hours. So first of all, I want you to understand something. God is sovereign. Now we have wrongly, defined the word sovereign. We now have a religious definition of sovereign. That's one of the problems that we have in our faith is that many times we are saying biblical words, but the definitions that we embrace about those words are not biblical. They came out They came out of either religion or they came out of the world system. Now, when a religious person talks about the sovereignty of God, they're, they're imply, they usually are implying two things. Number one, they're implying that God can just do anything he wants to. Well, I got news for you. Uh, there are some things God can't do. God cannot lie. Therefore, he cannot contradict himself. He can't break his word. He can't say this is who I am and then do something that contradicts this. He can't establish these laws that govern this universe and govern our world. He cannot establish those and then break them or violate them. You know, most people think that a miracle is God violating the laws of physics. No, a miracle is when we operate in laws that are above the laws of physics, as we understand them today, God doesn't, God doesn't violate the laws of physics. We don't violate the laws of physics yet. We have miracles. And why does that happen? Because we know how God created the world. Therefore we know how to do things in this world by a higher set of laws than just what we currently understand in the laws of physics. So God, God never violates his word, never. He never contradicts himself. So, therefore, we cannot say that being sovereign means that God can do anything he wants to. The second thing that religious people mean, which, you know, false science has destroyed more people outside of the church's influence than, uh, in, other, in other words, as a source of information, the world system has destroyed more people's faith through false science probably than anything else. But inside the church, the doctrine of sovereignty has probably destroyed the faith of more uh, serious people trying to walk with God than anything else. Because when a religious person... Talks about sovereignty. Like I said, first of all, I'm not saying religious people are bad. I'm just saying religious people are carnal minded. They actually have come to think the way of the world and the doctrines that they believe are not rooted in the word of God. They're rooted in the world system. And that, you know, religion. Is part of the world system, so it, it's all it's all one and the same. There's not like the you know the uh, uh, the world system over here and the religious world over here. No, the religious world emerge out of the world system. Now, <clears throat> so many people who have been influenced by the religious system, they are going to define sovereignty as this: God is in control of everything. That is an absolute falsehood. That contradicts. Uh, Everything that God says about himself, it contradicts uh, uh, the whole concept of free will. But more than anything else, it contradicts the concept that you are born in the likeness and the image of God. Now, I'm not going to go, and I could, and maybe in some future teaching, we're going to go into a lot of in-depth things, just even about the words likeness and image, and then about the words dominion and authority, all those kinds of things, and what all the subtle things that the Bible reveals about the word of God. But God is not in control. If, listen, look at the empirical evidence. If God was in control, then the only thing that we could deduce about God is he's probably schizophrenic or bipolar or uh, uh you know got wounds from his childhood that he never managed to get over uh he's unpredictable he's emotional he's out of control and more than anything else he's a liar because because you know uh, he says he's good but then does bad things if god is in control then you can't believe anything that jesus ever taught about god it's pretty it's pretty simple but <clears throat> when God says that we're creating his likeness and image and we have dominion. And then when you go to Psalm, what is it? one fifteen, verse 16, or I believe it is where it says, where it says, uh, the earth, the, the heavens, you know, you know, belong to God, but the earth he has given to man. When you go to Psalm, uh, when you go to the Psalm and even the book of Hebrews, it says, uh, what is man that you are mindful of him. And, and he says, you put all things under his feet. And this is not talking just about Jesus. Uh, but this is talking about man. Man was created uh, just a little lower than Elohim, according to the Hebrew scripture. And, he, and man has never been below the angels. Uh, you know, Satan has never had superiority over man and never will have superiority over man unless man is filled with unbelief. Uh, so, and, and then you go to Psalm 82, where it talks about us being acting as gods in this earth by the way we we practice and establish justice and uh, and and so god clearly states everything that's happening in this world is happening because of what you believe and because of the decisions that you make and then again you go you go to one of the greatest parables that i think is overlooked and misunderstood where where, where jesus says okay and he really gives everything from creation to the authority of man to to judgment in one parable where he says, he says, so so a man bought a vineyard and he leased it out. Now that's exactly the concept of planet earth. God owns planet earth, but he has leased it out to the human race and he has given us the opportunity to either trust him and establish justice and everything that we do based on the wisdom that he has given us in his word, or we base it on our own opinions and make ourselves the gods of this world. So say, okay, if sovereignty doesn't mean God can do anything he wants, and if sovereignty doesn't mean that God is in control, what does sovereignty really mean? Well, basically, Sovereignty means that God acts independent of any outside influence. In other words, nobody can influence God in what he calls truth. Nobody can influence God in what he calls justice. Why? Because he created the world and righteousness is the, is the ultimate foundation of all of creation. Righteousness isn't just a spiritual concept. Righteousness gets into the laws that govern the the, the emotional world, the relational world, the spiritual world, and yes, even the physical world. And so, uh, He established everything in righteousness. He established everything to be in harmony with his character, with his nature, and to be in harmony with how he created uh, mankind. So since God can't be acted upon by any outside source or controlled by any outside source, then based on that, you can say, yes. Uh, um, Okay, so God is always in control, but God's not in control of the world. He's in control of himself and we are only uh, in control of by God to the degree that we choose to, because he cannot violate our will. That would mean that he's, that he's a liar to, to say that we have free will to say that we are created in his likeness and image and then try to control us. Uh, no, he, he, he can't do it. Everything we do, we do, by our choices, by our decisions. So uh, in creation, and this is, is, I want to look at this just for a minute, and understanding how we're supposed to function here in planet Earth. In creation, I want you to realize there were two aspects of creation. And the first, and there's several ways to say this. I've said this a lot of different ways. So if you've heard me say it using other descriptive terminology. I'm not contradicting myself. I'm saying, hey, let me just say this a little bit different way, make sure you're getting this. According to uh, to the word of God, the two phases of creation was one, when God created uh, um, uh, something from nothing. Now, It's very important that you you get this concept. Otherwise you will never understand the limitlessness of your ability to operate in faith, your ability to to operate in the supernatural. Creating something from nothing, and, and, and really one of the best ways to probably describe that was creating the invisible. God first created all of the invisible factors uh, around which this world uh, came, came into existence. And, uh, you know, I always like to think about that, when you think about that from a scientific field, I would like to call that the field. In other words, God created a field, you know, and this is where all of the subatomic uh, uh, factors came into being. This is where polarities came into being. In other words, all the invisible energies that actually uh, have to be in place for there to be a physical world. Came into place in the first phase of creation. Now, one of the ways you know this is there are two different words for creation. There is the concept of creating something from nothing, uh, but then there is also the concept of creating the visible from the invisible, from the invisible which had already been created. As a matter of fact, you know, the Bible tells us, uh, and you know, the book of Hebrews, man, I'm telling you what this is Hebrews, uh, 11, which I know everybody's really more than familiar, you know, with these, with these scriptures, but, uh, uh, you know, Hebrews 11, uh, says, says now faith is a substance of things hoped for the uh, evidence of things not yet seen. And so, so you know, so we grab it. So faith is, is really not believing something uh, that, that without knowing that it's there. Faith, faith is not the, the blind leap, put on the blindfold, jump off the cliff. No, faith actually is when you know how to perceive the evidence of what exists, even though it's invisible. And you can do that, you can do that in your heart. And then Hebrews eleven three says this, it says by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made uh, of things which are visible. So in other words, faith understands that what you can see uh, came into existence from the unseen. And so from the unseen world, suddenly God takes all of these subatomic energies from the unseen world, and then he uses the same kind of faith that we are called to use because, see, we're, we're not creating something from nothing. You know, when, when when we speak healing to somebody, we are actually using our authority over these invisible energies in the human body, the cellular, you know, the cellular world, which you can see with a a microscope, but also with the subatomic world, which can, you know, which is uh, uh, impossible to perceive with the naked eye. We are actually using our authority over the creation uh, and, and calling forth and reorganizing those things that exist in the, in the visible world. That's, that's what we're doing. And so I don't know about you, but man, it really, really helps me to understand that when I'm using faith, I am not trying to uh, uh, make something from nothing. I'm not trying to create something from nothing. When I use faith, I am taking what God, not, not only what God put into this world, but God programmed into this world. See, by God giving us authority, uh, you have to understand we are somehow wired into, you know, all of creation in a way that it just works. And I've said this so many times, you know, I think it was 1927 when Max Planck got his Nobel peace prize where he was, you know, teaching about, uh, uh quantum science. And of course, uh, I, he said something and I'm just lifting out a quote and I'm kind of probably paraphrasing it just a little bit. But one of the things that Max Planck pointed out was that, um, uh, you know we are not simply observing uh creation the created world we we are actually in interplay with with you know with creation and creation is becoming what we expect it to become creation is becoming what we believe it is creation and so so the real truth is all of the world's population not just believers believers and non-believers are looking at the world. They're looking at society. They're looking at the human race. They're looking at at governments. They're looking at everything with an opinion and with an expectation. And because we are wired into creation itself, that creation is going to become what we believe and expect for it to become. And so, you know, the wicked, they want it to become wicked. They they are, man, I'm telling you what, they are doing everything they can and using, you know, the cults, the old cults, the secret societies, a lot of people, a lot of uh, organizations know this. And they use a tool that God said, you can make this work for you or you can make this work against you. They use that tool. And they use it for evil to create an evil world that rejects the likeness and image of God and makes man the center of the universe, makes man our own creator. Of course, that will be the destruction of the world. And sadly, Christians, you know, believers who are looking at the world in a fearful way, who are not... uh, Establishing their heart in the word of God. And, and, and when they look at their, they're filled with fear and unbelief and don't believe what God says. And the real truth is that means, unintentionally, to a certain degree, we are becoming co creators of a wicked world with a wicked people that hate God. Now, we don't, we don't mean to do that, but because the church has always lied to us about who we are as human beings. Now, there's a lot of talk about our authority in Jesus. And most of what we talk about, about authority in Jesus, is is very, very different from what I'm saying now. And I'll talk to you about authority in Jesus at some point in the future. But you have to understand, we don't have authority just because we're Christians. We have authority because we're human beings created in the likeness of God. And we have a freedom of of choice to make godly decisions. Now, I want to tell you something. The sages in other words, uh, the, the ancient Hebrew sages, and their understanding of the word of God, they taught that there is nothing that you do in this life that expresses the fact that you are created in the image of God more than making decisions. In other words, We are the only species in the world that can make decisions that can change the quality of our life. And if we believe God's promises, if we believe there is is a quality of life that is greater than what we can see with our current experiences, with our physical experience, with our emotional and mental experience, once we know, see, and perceive uh, that in our heart, then we realize Since that exists in the invisible realm, I can bring it into the visible realm. I can use authority just like God did uh, whenever he, uh, the part where he was speaking into existence something that was organizing the subatomic invisible world and bringing it into being animals and human bodies and trees and grass and fish and all of these kinds of things. Listen, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to share, I'm going to share some more on these lines next week. You do not want to miss it. Let me encourage you, go to our website, uh, uh, drjimrichards.com or impactministries.com, same website, take you to the same places. Man, I got hundreds of resources there. I got free videos. Uh, I have been told I have more free material than probably anybody else online. Let me encourage you. If this is helping you, share this with other people. And uh, uh, be sure to help reach out to and help the people, your friends that you know that actually need this help. And be back next week and join me. And I'm telling you what, we're going to take another step and this is going to be really faith